Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but you can call me Rachel. This podcast is the place to learn about really feeling our emotions, mastering the mind, being aware of our energy, and tuning into our own body's intuition for the purpose of living in bliss, freedom, peace, and what I call our godly potential. I am thrilled that this episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel affiliate, Source Code Meditation, and Higher Brain Living, something that's been very transformational and liberating for my own life. It is an online education and meditation practice for awakening and energizing your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. It's true transformation from the inside out. You can go to the show notes to get my referral link. And once you are on the Source Code Meditation page, click the Learn More button under the Nine Summits of Transformation Online. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's nine happiness and healing essentials, and also my new video class, Radical Radiant Growth. I also have an app that will support you on your inner healing journey to express your truest, most radiant self. Go to rachelapp.com for the download links, and you can sign up for a free subscription for additional features. The info is there. Today's episode is called The Belief Zone with Ursula Menches. Three-time best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, and sales expert Ursula Menches will transform the way you think about selling so you can reach your goals with less anxiety and less effort. The founder of Sales Coach Now, as well as an inspirational speaker, author of Selling with Intention, Selling with Synchronicity, and One Great Goal, Ursula specials in neuro-linguistic programming to help clients double and triple their sales in as little as 30 days. Honing her skills at an international technical training company where she began her career in 1996, Ursula increased sales by 90% in just one year. In 2001, when the company's annual run was in the tens of millions, Ursula advanced to the position of president at just 27 years old. Sales guru Brian Tracy endorsed her best-selling and award-winning book, Selling with Intention, saying, this powerful, practical book shows you how to connect with customers by fully understanding the sales process from the inside out. It really works. Ursula is recipient of two Lifetime Achievement Awards for her work from the two presidents of the United States of America of both political parties. Also the Small Business Administration's Women in Business Champion Award, Willow Tree's Extraordinary Example and Extraordinary Entrepreneur, National PDP's Businesswoman of the Year, and Extraordinary Speaker of the Year. Her podcast, Double Your Sales Now, is being downloaded in 52 countries, and listenership doubled in April when iHeartRadio picked up her show. And Ursula's new book, which we'll talk a lot about today, The Belief Zone, reached Amazon bestselling status and received two Beverly Hills Book Awards. Welcome to the show, Ursula. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I've, I've had the opportunity to see you speak a couple times through eWomen Network and then also at um, the Before Conference with Tina Pettis. 
And so it's, it's great to have you on today. And I've had a chance to dive into your book a little bit as well. And I know what you'll be sharing with us today will be really powerful stuff, not just for entrepreneurs, but also for general life success. Excited. I, I know we're going to have just a great conversation and see where it goes today. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the belief zone? Like how did you, you know, first figure out how important our beliefs and the power of our beliefs are? And then what prompted you to write the belief zone? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I feel like I've been, a, a, I love learning. I'm a lifelong learner, probably very mm-hmm. much like you. And I started to investigate the area of beliefs probably in my early 20s. It's sort of like when self-development fell into my lap and cool. I started to think, you know, um, think more about who I am, what I'm doing on the planet, what my purpose might be, and the power of my mind. I majored in psychology and communication at St. Olaf College. And of course, it was a lot about, you know, communicating and what we're thinking about and what our beliefs are. And it just, it just started to become a bigger and bigger question of why are some people successful Mm-hmm. really quickly or really early in life and why do others struggle or why do some people struggle and then at some point in their life become really successful like what is the shift and so it's been this lifelong journey of wondering you know what you know trying to answer those questions and that led me to you know being an avid reader um I discovered The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer when mm-hmm. I was in my 20s, when I was in corporate America. And that book also started to open up some doors and even more questions about, um, about how influential we really are on our own thoughts and beliefs and how we really are what we think about. Mm-hmm. Cool. I love, I love that. And for me personally, it shifted a lot about um, wellness because my background was in wellness, teaching group fitness, research, you know, in exercise physiology, so the effects on the body, but coming and like tying that into our bodies was something I was really passionate about. Just, you know, you hear it every day, like people assume they have to be sick at this certain time of year and things like that. But so expand now on on the belief zone and how how do these beliefs affect affect our experience or our success? So I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work around mm-hmm. thoughts and beliefs. You know, he talks about the idea that we have a hundred thousand thoughts that go through our mind every single day. But what we don't realize is that we've had the same thoughts yesterday that we had the day before that we had the day before. So we are habitual thought thinkers, so to speak. <laughs> and so we are habitual believers and we don't often take the time to just stop and look at what our beliefs are about our life, about our business about fill in the blank. Right. We, we are living our beliefs. And it's, it's kind of a shock. Like if you, if you haven't heard this before, or if this is new, it's kind of shocking to realize that we really do create our beliefs and then live into them. Now, we might not be aware that we're created that, creating them because we are, you know, we throughout our lives from, you know, our, our well-meaning parents to family members to teachers, we are being indoctrinated every day with everybody else's beliefs. And so, yeah you know, before the age of seven, we don't have the ability to say, I'm not going to, that's not true. Right. I don't think money, you know, grows on trees, (laughs) but we just take all of that in. And then all of a sudden we're an adult and we're thinking, why don't I have any money? Why am I living in this scarcity mode? Well, it's because somewhere along the lines, your beliefs formed around that, that thought process. And so, you know, 
you could, if you look at that, like if you know someone or you look at our culture and look at people who are really wealthy or who are born into wealth, they, they don't think, oh, look, I was born into wealth. They just woke up one day. This was their life. They have very different thoughts and beliefs about money than mm-hmm. someone who was born into poverty and might have to develop a different belief system around money. And I use money because that's what a lot of people want. That's where they seem to get stuck. It's where self-development usually shows up first as people are like, why don't I have any money? What, what is it about me? Mm-hmm. And as you start to peel back the layers, you can see that you know, people... Some people have really easy relationships with money and others seem to struggle. The good news is we can change those relationships with money. We can change the relationship with our beliefs about relationships or money or working hard or whatever it is that we feel stuck about. That's the good news. Yeah, <laughs> that is good news. That it, it, The power is really in our own hands. It's, it's within us but it's work. It's a little, like we have to, it doesn't have to be hard work. Like I don't want to put that out there, but Mm -hmm. you do just like going to the gym. You know, if, if, right. If it was easy to get fit, we would all just watch some video and internalize it. And all of a sudden we'd be super fit. Right. But that's not how it works. It's just like with, you know, wealth, success and anything you want in your life, you have to become a student of it and you have to be willing to take the steps that take you toward what you want. And I think a lot of people don't, don't realize that there's that, that missing piece of there, there is stuff that we have to do. Yes, we change the beliefs, but what does changing the beliefs lead us to? What are the new actions that we're willing to take because we've let go of a limiting belief? And what opportunity does that open for us? I love to think of Oprah because, I mean, let's face it, she grew, you know, she was born into poverty. She had a horrendous childhood in many ways. I mean, she had a few people, I think, in her life who, um, mentored her and looked out for her and later in life, certainly some incredible mentors like Maya Angelou, but she, she wasn't born into success or wealth. She chose it. Now she's a billionaire, right? I mean, she's such a great example. If you want to study someone's life, look at Oprah and what she's had to overcome to become this incredible, you know, thought leader and billionaire. She Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't call herself a thought leader, but I really think she she is, right? And (laughs) you know, just has, is that thought leader of thought leaders. And so uh, study those people that you admire because they have followed a path. They know something about success. Mm -hmm. So then how do these limiting beliefs block us? It's such a good question. And in the belief zone, I talk a lot about comfort zones, right? And Mm -hmm. so what's the difference between a comfort zone and a belief zone? Well, a comfort zone is that safe place, that place where there's no fear, there's no discomfort. It's that little circle that we like to stay in and our subconscious says, stay right there because, you know, you won't be rejected. There won't be any fear. There's, you know, life is easy and that's a lie. Our subconscious tells us that to keep us quote unquote safe. Now, that was a great tool back in quote like the caveman days or whenever, you know, a tiger was going to run at us, or even today, if a car, we're going to cross the street and we're going to get hit by a car, right? We need that part of us, that ego part of us that says, stop, be safe. However, it does not serve us when it comes to achieving our goals or creating the kind of life we want. Because what happens, we say, hey, I, I want to be a public speaker. This is my, my own life experience. Well, mm-hmm. my subconscious says, no, you don't. You don't want to be in front of people. You have a deep fear of public speaking. In fact, mm-hmm. I had like 
glossophobia. You can Google it. It's a deep fear of public speaking. <laughs> oh so my I gosh, I would have never guessed that of you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. That, you know, it has been quite a journey. Do I fear it now? Now, no, no, now it's like exciting. Mm-hmm. I love to get on stage. I have this relationship with the audience. I get to you know connect with them in a mm-hmm. different way. Took me years to get there. But back in the day, my comfort zone said, stay here. Don't be on the stage. Well, guess what? The universe was calling me to speak. I didn't choose mm-hmm. that. I mean, God was calling me to speak. I knew that I had to get my message out to a lot of people. So I really had to work on it. So you know you have a living belief when you don't want to do something. When you have this desire, like I want to help people. Okay, then, you know, spirit or God or the universe says, great, you're going to go out and speak. And then you say, your human says, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. That's not safe. That's when you know you have some kind of block, some kind of limiting belief somewhere inside of you. That's just yeah. one example. Oh, I like that. I mean, that was the same struggle for myself with public speaking and doing this podcast is definitely that that stretch of getting out of my comfort zone because I was really nervous when I first started it. Now it's kind of just natural and it's okay. And I I can edit my stuff and not freak out. And (laughs) yes. And Rachel, I want to take tag onto that because you bring up a really good point of even though you were afraid to do it, you did it anyway. My favorite quote is Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. And there's, there's truth. And I want to make sure everyone of your listeners hears this because it doesn't, even if you change a limiting belief or you release a fear, it doesn't mean that there's not some lingering dust of it around, right? Like if I could just, I I work on a lot of limiting belief changes with clients, but sometimes they're still lingering or it's like an onion and you keep peeling it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, and this is what one of my coaches said to me, which is one of the most powerful things, one of the most simple things that I've ever heard, but it was so powerful. She said, Ursula, sometimes you just have to walk through it. And Rachel, that's what you just did when you, mm. even though you were, you had fear or some limiting beliefs about your podcast, you walked through it. And now you said, now it's easy. You can edit it. It's, you're on the other side of it, right? right? So public speaking for me and speaking on some of the biggest stages of my life and being paid thousands of dollars to do keynotes, like I just had to walk through that. I had to own that that's who I am. And I had to walk through it, even though it was prickly as I was walking across it. And the other side, it was like, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> freedom, right? But I think that's so important to remember is that it might not be easy to walk through it, but there is the other side. You will get to the other side as long as you keep going and you'll get to that desire. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It, you do have to just take those little steps. It can be a little thing. I mean, my first step into realizing I needed to, you know, step more into public speaking instead of like a research, very formal presentation. And I joined Toastmasters and that helped me to just become more expressive myself and be comfortable when all of the eyes in the room look at me <laughs> all at once. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then why is being in our comfort zone your danger zone? Yeah, great question. So we've kind of, you know, touched on this, but when, when you know you're in your comfort zone and you're getting really comfortable, you're no longer challenging yourself. My guess is you're probably getting bored. You're probably getting stagnant. And whenever there's that stillness, that's when the new ideas and the next level starts to pop up. So I'm working on my next book, which is about up-leveling because that like, what's after your belief zone? Well, you up-level. And so it's um, when you get too comfortable, you know, you're stuck and you won't move forward in your business or, or in your life. And so it's important to pay attention to it. And it shows up, you know, as boredom, as feeling stuck, as frustration, as sadness, as depression. And you got to ask yourself, like, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. Or when you find yourself like feeling envious of someone else's success, which use that as a barometer and say, well, why is that bothering me? 
What do I want that I'm not allowing myself to have? What are my desires that I haven't said yes to? And when you start to dig into that and pay attention to that, you'll see what's next for you. And I think a lot of times we can just, we just stop it. We see it all the time. I have story after story of people who just, you know, stayed in their comfort zone and stayed away from living the incredible life that was waiting for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. You know, one of the things you mentioned in your book was your how you got some guidance to move to Minnesota because you were living in California, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, what that highlights, and I'd like you to just kind of share the story, but about how we can um, see those signs. Like, I feel like we get messages. Yes. Whether it's from inside a feeling or we outright need something like a sign in front of us saying, do this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've always believed in signs and I, and I have paid attention to them. We are all, all of us receive signs, whether you think it's from the universe or from angels or God or, you know, whatever your belief system might be, the signs are there. And <laughs> I'll never forget, yeah, Tim and I, we were, um, my husband and I were surviving the Great Recession. We'd lost a lot of money in real estate. We were kind of at a low time. We'd had some ownership in a real estate company and that was falling apart and it was just we just looked at each other like, what, why is everything falling away? Mm. And I'll never forget this. We had left this meeting at that real estate company. We were driving down the road and all of a sudden we saw a, a sign, a literal sign, a street sign. Mm-hmm. And it said Minnesota road. I'm not sure if this is a story that you're referring to, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And it was a literal sign that said Minnesota road, a street sign. And we burst out laughing. But let me tell you something, Rachel, we fought that and fought that and fought that. We mm. fought it and, you know, stuff just kept falling apart for us in California. It was, oh. it was comical, the, just all of the things that we ran into. Wow. And, you know, it made me think of a, um, a book that Joel Osteen wrote. I think it was the book about I am. He's written so many great books. But anyway, one of the things he talked about in, in his book is, you know, there's, it's a biblical, he talks about a biblical verse about, living in a place where you will be blessed. And for a long time, California was that place for us. We were very blessed there for a long time. And then we weren't. And then then it was like the universe, I mean, I I can laugh, thank God, thank you God for letting me laugh about this now. (laughs) But it was literally like clearing the deck of everything. And when we moved to Minnesota, it was like the skies opened, angels were singing, the sun shone down and- we've been so blessed since we moved here. And it's, um, and this is the place we're being blessed now. I don't know. Are we supposed to stay here forever? I have no idea, but I'm willing Mm -hmm. to listen to the signs and look for that next street sign. Uh, But it's so important to just watch those signs. I mean, I have story after story of how we found the house that we live in now. Oh, really? Minnesota that, you know, people were like, you'll never find a house for 300,000 on a lake in the Twin Cities. Well, guess what we did? We're renovating it, but it's the perfect house for us. And this you know, be clear about what you want, be clear on your desires, make a decision that no matter what, that's what, that's what you want, because you know, it's meant for you. And then you got to walk through it. You got to walk through those limiting beliefs and, you know, and keep looking for those signs. I think the signs are those guideposts that say, yes, you're on the right track. Yes. That is the right desire for you. Yes. That is what's next. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh my gosh. That is so powerful to people, for people to know that too, because we can trust life in all of those steps. You know how, because things, you describe things falling apart in California, how, how were you able to like move through that, I guess, you know, in a graceful way? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was graceful. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I remember like, the, I think I wrote about this in Selling with Synchronicity, um, a different book, but yeah, there was a moment, 
and maybe it was the belief zone where I think I, I think I just was on my knees. I'm like, okay, all right. So my way isn't working anymore. I feel like I'm missing something. And I was really praying a lot. I was in mm-hmm. prayer. I shed a lot of tears. I didn't want to leave California. I, you know, we desperately wanted a child, but we hadn't told anyone. We were the family members that everyone said, oh, they're never going to have kids or they don't even like kids. There was so much judgment for us around that whole topic. And we would always just, you know, cringe and hide and not talk about it because we had so much, you know, pain in that area. What I didn't know is that the deck was being cleared for us so that, because we were looking into adoption so that Luca could be born and, you know, and he, and he was, and he put us on a totally different path. And I'll tell you something, like having Luca, um, I remember someone saying this to me too, like, you know, having a child is such a blessing, but I didn't really get, I didn't get what that meant. I didn't get the challenges that came with that blessing either, but, um, you know, that, that made me challenging me to grow in ways that I'd never expected. We're always being drawn into growth and it's not perfect. It's not, you know, always peaceful. It's not painless, but that's the good stuff. Like when I look back, if I hadn't gone through that that stuff. I wouldn't be who I am today. I mean, I'm such a, I'm, I'm much more peaceful today. I am. I have so much more faith than just following the path. I'm just in a completely different space energetically than I was then. And so that was a, a, um, a big growth time for both of us. And I, you know, I think one of the reasons that Tim and I, like that I, like, you know, we, we got through it probably you know, still laughing in a lot of ways. We cry and then we laugh, but um, was because we had each other. And, I, you know, we've been a great team for 22 years now. We've been together and we really balance each other out. So when I was super low, Tim wasn't. When Tim was low, I wasn't. And so we were able to just, you know, keep pulling each other back to that mid-level space so we could keep going. But we also set a vision. So once, when things were really falling apart in California and, you know, the real estate industry, we lost, I don't even, again, you know, I don't want to say it out loud. We just lost a lot of money. We pretty much lost everything. We lost our retirement. We took our retirement to pay back investors. And so we had depleted our retirement, like clear, like everything, but we did the right things. And we couldn't, the good news was, I guess, sort of like we couldn't afford to file bankruptcy because my business was doing better. So as I, you know, even though we were losing a lot of money here, my business was growing. And then Mm -hmm. Tim was doing well in his career. He had found a different position. And so it was, it was kind of this, this weird time of, you know, um, clearing the deck, making room. Um, and then things just kept getting better. And so we jumped on that, you know, on that, that belief again, but we, we decided, you know, that we were going to move back to Anaheim for a little bit. Then we had Luca. And as soon as we had Luca, um, everything changed in Tim's company that he was working at. And so then it was a clear sign. It was like, cause we were looking for the next sign of when are we going to move back to Minnesota? So then when it happened, it happened really fast. And people were like, what happened? Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was like, you know, and he got a job in Minnesota within like once things got weird at the company he was at and he was like, I don't think this is a good fit anymore. Things are changing. I was like, this is it. This is the sign. He had a job within three days in Minnesota. They'd oh. never even met him. Oh He's wow. IT management. And it was like, we just said yes to that. And yeah. so that, I mean, I think it's so important and that wasn't easy though. I mean, we had a newborn, we were like, okay, great. Now we're going to decide to move right with a newborn, uh-huh. but <laughs> that's what opened up for us. And that's what we followed. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what a, what a neat story. I mean, the, there's so much power in asking, like you were talking about in prayer and things like that. And it just sounds like after going through all that, you probably have like a more, like you trust and approach things as like, things will be okay. Things are always going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. And absolutely. Like 
it might not work out the way I imagined it exactly, but things are always working out in our highest good. And I, I lean into that, especially since having a child, because, because there's so much you can't control and, (laughs) you know, and your child is just who they are. And it's, it's beautiful and it's amazing. And you want to do everything and you want to help them. And you start to realize that you can't like, it's, it's hard to watch your five-year-old, I you know, Lucas five now, but just watching the stuff that he's learning and how hard it is, like watching him realize that the world isn't perfect, that people, you know, aren't perfect, that his teachers aren't, you know, that kids can be me, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you realize, you know, that's, this is life. It's the good, the bad and everything in between. But um, yeah, I have a, I like to think of it as surrender. I live mm-hmm. in a state of surrender um, because it's a lot easier here in this world. And I think when you live in that space of surrender and, and it's surrender, but it's also like excited anticipation. Like when you wake up on Christmas morning, it's like, woo, presence and excitement. And I love, you know, that feeling. Yeah. I have that feeling every day of I'm surrendered. I'm good with whatever happens. And I have excited anticipation about the gifts that are coming today. And that's the space that I love to be in. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Cause I, I mean, personally, I lived from such, um, I didn't cope well with uncertainty and not knowing. And I just would, I kind of have this weight of like that on me all the time. And now I've really shifted out of that. I can see where, you know, different moments where that creeps back in. And, <laughs> but now I have the tools to kind of tell myself something different and remind myself that, it's, it's going to be okay. Or I can trust just the next moment, or I can trust what's going to come out of my mouth next. I don't have to figure it all out or yes. be perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you mentioned um, in your notes that I have from you is about a number one secret that you wish all entrepreneurs knew about increasing their sales. Um, I, and I, I want to kind of dive into this a little bit because I just met with a coach and she was like, you need to learn more about sales. And then I was like, well, how perfect. Cause there's those going to be on my podcast so I can get some info on this. Um, well, what is that number one secret you wish all entrepreneurs knew? There's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of number ones, but um, we talked a little, we already touched on clarity a little bit today, but I think that one place where people get stuck is not being clear on what they want. So you have to know, you have to have a starting place. So if, you know, if you want a million dollar business, be honest with yourself that you want a million dollar business. If you want a six figure business, be honest with yourself that you want a six figure business and then reverse engineer your sales plan from there. But if you're not clear on the numbers and what you want and like the potential path to get there, it's just like spinning. You're always trying to figure it out. You're always trying to come up with the next idea and the power is in clarity and just, you know, deciding what you want, making the decision that no matter what. And that's the other thing though, like once you're in it, like if you say, I'm going to have a seven figure business, get committed to that, make the decision, burn the backup plan. You know, I've worked with clients who well, they'll ask me, like, should I go get a job? The answer is always no, no, because then you're saying you don't believe that what you want is possible. Now, maybe you could decide that you don't want to have your company. That's fine. Like, but make that a conscious choice. So clarity, knowing what you want, knowing the numbers and stepping into it. Mm, that's important. Yeah, I can find my, I can, 
I've been there where I've been like, oh, I go apply for a job in academia and see what happens and <laughs> going back to what I used to do instead of the, you know, sharing messages like this is my purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, so why do you feel giving back that I know that's an important topic to you, that giving back is just as important as having a sales and marketing plan? And then what do you mean by giving back? Yeah, it's a great question. It, you know, the tagline of the belief zone and my own personal mission is to help people make a lot of money, give back to the organizations they care about and live an authentic life and an amazing life. You can't live. Most people can't live the kind of life they want to live when they're in constant scarcity and fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I know is when I give back financially, especially I'm a big believer in tithing or whatever you want to call it. Um, giving back that 10% to the organization, you know, whether it's a church or spiritual organization, whatever organization feeds you, it could be a nonprofit. It says to the universe, to the world that I believe more is coming and that I have so much to give. Mm. And, you know, I used to do a lot of volunteering and I still do. I'm just limited on how much time I have, but my goal was always to be able to write checks. And I love being able to do that, you know, to tithe, but also to be a sponsor or to just give money without thinking it has to come back because every time I do that, I know like it's just, it creates that stream. It's not why I do it. I love to give. I mean, I could give until the cows come home. I just I love <laughs> the feeling of giving, yeah, but I've learned too. also that being able to give financially is such a blessing and it, it really strengthens the belief that more is possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, people are afraid to try that. Uh, I learned from a coach one time, like, you know, even when you're in scarcity, start by giving that 10%. So if you have a hundred dollars that comes in, give that 10 bucks, watch what happens and watch as you step into that belief and that faith and, um, of, of what's possible for you and the money that's really trying to get to you. Mm, Cool. I like that. So if there's anything else you could speak to, to the listeners today uh, to expand or something you feel like you want to say more about the belief zone, what would you like to share? Oh, so first to get clear on what you want, like really be honest with yourself about your desires. I think we lie to ourselves about our desires all the time because we have all these limiting beliefs, like not me, I can't have that, you know, fill in the blank. So first just get clear about what you really want and be honest with yourself, go to a cafe, go to a spa, sit there with a, you know, a journal and just write down all the things you want. What are the things you want to create in your life? And don't feel selfish about it. Feel like, like, if you can create this, you're going to be a role model for other people. And if you, you know, and then you can give back and you can do the things you want to do. So be honest with yourself. And then, um, there's my other book, one great goal. I'll give the quick synopsis of it is to figure out, you know, what your one great goal is, figure out your number one goal. So take that list of things you created and, um, and put it in order so that your one big, great goal is on top. You can grab the book too. It's, um, it's on Amazon. It's a, it's a quick read. I think you can get the Kindle for like $2.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really easy to get, but it'll take you through that process of figuring out your one great goal. So then you have the clarity, you know, you know what you want. Then the most important next step is to ask yourself, what do I believe about my one great goal? Or what do I believe about my financial goal and work on your limiting beliefs and an easy way to, um, you know, to, get rid of a limiting belief is to ask yourself, what are three things that are potentially not true about my limiting belief? And the second you do that, that limiting belief starts to fall away. 
And then right after that, right after you kind of bust through that limiting belief, then you ask yourself, what, what are two steps I can take right now? Just two. Because most people think they have to have it all figured out, but most of us only have one or two steps that we can see and then yeah. commit to it. Just take the steps. I'll tell you, I, you know, my latest venture, I'm writing a children's book, which I've wanted to do for a long time, but I'm like, you know, I just haven't taken the steps. So I finally, I hired a coach that, you know, she's amazing. She's helping me cool. write the book. Um, I wrote the draft really quickly. It's going to editing now. And then um, I'm going to start looking for a publisher. I already know that's like for me in my mind, that's already done. I know that book has to get out there. It's got this message for kids. It's not about me. It's also going to be a way to give back. But I finally took the steps. And the reason it hadn't come to fruition yet is because I hadn't taken those steps. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just follow those things that we talked about. And, and, and eventually, though, you've got to take that action. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, you speak to such a, you know, expanding our vision for our lives and for what's possible. Oh my gosh. We, there's so much that's possible. And I think, Rachel, I think people know, they know what their desires are, but they have to like allow themselves to write it down, you know, and say it to a trusted friend, mentor, or coach, Mm -hmm. you know, to reach out to you and tell you like, tell someone, tell someone that's going to trust you, trust, um, you can trust your dreams with, and then Mm -hmm. start to take those steps. Oh Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've loved this. So if what would be the best way for the listeners to connect with you to learn more? I know you have so so much to offer. Sure. So um, if you're looking for a motivational or inspirational speaker, I'd love to come out. My speaker website is UrsulaMenches.com, U-R-S-U-L-A-M-E-N-T-J-E-S.com. You can reach us at contact, the easiest is contact at salescoachnow.com. And then, yep, my other website, if you're looking for sales or business um, support, is salescoachnow.com. And we also have a free gift for you. Um, it's Six Secrets to Doubling Your Sales. It's a, it's a quick read, a simple PDF, but it's got some great tips on there. You can go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. Again, that's salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. And if you're looking for any of our books, it's really fast to get them on Amazon. So I recommend just going there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ursula. It's been such a treat to connect with you and share this important work you're doing. Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I know we're, we're in similar communities, so I look forward to seeing you out in the world. And thanks for the great work you're doing. Yeah, you're thank a lot you. Of and next time I see you at the gym, I'll actually come up to you. I was like, was that Ursula? I don't know. <laughs> I probably look different at the gym. Yes, please come yeah, and say too. hello. <laughs> hey, Rev with Rachel listeners. If you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button so you get all of the latest episodes. And if you're ready to dive deeper into your freedom and radiant expression, you can get my book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You from Amazon. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. This is the EWN Podcast Network.